This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, Rachel approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. You must feel the force around you. I just assumed because I'm walking. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. This deal is getting worse all the time. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Tatooine Sons of Star Wars podcast, and uh, this is one of our special uh, 10 questions on Tatooine Tuesday uh, episodes, and we are super excited uh, to have Molly and Alex. I guess Alex was the first one to get out there with uh, with Star Wars Explained, and Molly's joined him uh, uh, over the years with that, but welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So now you guys um, um, have been have got a, an amazing YouTube channel um, that I know most of our listeners are familiar with. But uh, for the uh, on the off chance that someone uh, listening to our podcast is unfamiliar with Star Wars Explained, uh, Alex and Molly, why don't you guys kind of tell a little bit about the story and and uh, what you guys do? Uh, yeah, I got started doing these videos. Four years ago, almost now. We're on our fourth year now, I think. Awesome. And uh, it's actually because of Dragon Con, which just happened. Yeah. Last Labor Day weekend. Uh, they had a trivia contest every year, and I would always do kind of well, but not great. And every year I'd be like, I'm going to study. And so one year I decided that, yeah, I will study. And I have a video marketing background as well. So I thought that it might have legs as a YouTube channel. So I just started putting the things I was studying up on YouTube, and it started doing well so i kept doing it that's awesome yeah, and i've kind of been there since the beginning uh started out i wasn't really that involved um but i was supportive uh, for sure. <laughs> that's good because uh, he's busy I, with these videos isn't he? he does a how many videos do you guys do a week yeah one a day usually wow okay yeah. so so you but have when, to be supportive so yeah when he when we first started out we made sure to get a pretty good backlog of content before we even launched the cha- the channel so that we would already be kind of ahead of ourselves. So, um, but the, yeah, yeah, I think a couple years in one or two years in, I got more and more involved in the social media side of things, just okay. 
to help him out uh, to spread, you know, uh, the videos and spread things on Twitter and Facebook and all that. So yeah, I just didn't know anything about Twitter <laughs> or social media. Like all I knew was Star Wars, how to make videos, and I I knew YouTube pretty well, but. I just didn't have the time or the energy or the desire to do anything else. So I was like, Molly, could you please do this? And <laughs> That's awesome. So she did that and she still is growing all of our social media channels. And now I like Twitter. I'm like kind of addicted <laughs> to it, which is a problem, but I, it I, is now a problem. I at least understand it. That's awesome. So now, um, Molly, were you a big Star Wars fan before this as well? I, I always get this question. Uh-huh. Um, I I was, yeah. It was never... It was definitely never something that I thought about every day of my life, for sure. Um, I had seen the movies when I was a kid, and you know, I watched the prequels and in the theaters and liked them. But you know, I wasn't a huge fan per se. Like it, it wasn't something that I was super involved in. But when I met Alex, obviously, I was like, okay, he's a huge Star Wars nerd. That's okay with me. <laughs> uh, and you know it would come up in conversation every once in a while and I thought I always thought it was really cool that he was so into it and knew so much about it and uh, then when it became time to make this kind of our job I was like okay yeah let's do it I don't even really remember when you learned that I was a giant Star Wars nerd. It might have been that first Dragon Con where I was like, I'm going to compete in this thing and give it a shot. And I don't, <laughs> what, what was your re? I don't even know your reaction to that when I like got up there and I did pretty well on my first year. I think it was before that. I think there was a time where we had the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit board game and I think we played it and you were just demolishing <laughs> the game and like we we were like okay let's have like five against one like all of us versus alex on star wars trivial pursuit we still lost that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) so it was after that when i was like okay yeah he he has some kind of weird uh imdb (laughs) built into his brain that only contains star wars knowledge and i don't understand it (laughs) That's so cool. Okay, so let's talk about Dragon Con uh, this last weekend. Tell us about your experience and any fun Star Wars stuff that you guys learned there. And, of course, you've got to update our listeners on how the trivia contest went. Yes. Uh, We can start with trivia since we're on that. Uh, This was two years in a row now that I got second place. Oh, how close. I've never won. Uh, I mean, well, the the way it it goes, it, it starts off with 10 people. And everyone gets 10 questions, and then the top five move on to round two. And they they all get the same question for like 20 questions, and then the top three move on to the final round. And then at that point, it's just uh, once you miss a question, you're out. Okay, so just a survivor style at that point, huh? Right, yeah. So I made it to second place. The guy that won last year got third. He's like wow. been my trivia trivia nemesis he really knows his stuff and then it was just me and one of my friends and my friend beat me and he goes through so many emotions because he knows that i've been trying to win this for oh years so like he's 
surprised that he beat me and happy that he won. But then he realized that if he wins, that means that I didn't win. So his face kind of falls and he, he like claps once but then doesn't know what to do and he comes over and he apologizes to me i'm like i'm just laughing like what an awesome friend though yeah yeah yeah, he's great that's awesome so yeah i I got second place again which just means that the legacy gets more epic there we go i finally win (laughs) yeah that's how i'm trying to console myself i should also say that there is a uh, written qualifying test to even be on this oh wow so the day before the, um, the actual trivia is you go and take a written test. It's like a 50-question test where you get four multiple-choice answers per question. And it's extremely hard. Mm. Like, I don't even come close <laughs> to this in, in any year. Um, but I think Alex set the record this year for only missing two of the 50 questions wow. on the written test. I, I was, I'll say that I was very happy with my performance. There you I, go. I feel like I recalled everything that at least was in my brain. There wasn't <laughs> it at some point just some time where I couldn't remember something that I knew I knew. Like the question I went out on, I was like, I did not know that. And so There was, was no like, way you had forgotten it. It wasn't one of those yeah. when the answer was spoken. You were like, I knew that. It was, you had no, okay, so I've got to know. What was the question? Uh, what was the name of Jabba's other Twi'lek dancer? So not Ula. Oh. Wow, what was it? In me. So now I've now, now you know it's burned in your in your consciousness <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, and Zach, the guy who won, said that he specifically knew that because as a kid he had that action figure as part of like a, oh. a Jabba's palace set. I think. That's yeah. So he he remembered it immediately and started writing it down and i could see the look in alex's face oh, like no. well there it is he what was that like for you molly to get that close again for to see him get that close uh i mean i always love to see him just in the top spot like the top three because it really just comes down to like something really bizarre and random but i don't know i i, I was happy for zach when he won yeah That's awesome. it's kind of it's luck of the draw i mean yeah. i if he had gone one more question it might have been something that i knew that he didn't and right. it, it, it's all fine like a lot of trivia is just random so i can't get too worked up about it yeah that's funny now we're all out here on on uh we're on the west coast we're out near in california so i'm not as familiar uh with dragon con so tell us kind of what dragon con is and is it you know comparable to like a you know san diego comic con or is it different than that or you know uh, help us help our listeners understand kind of what dragon con is it is not like comic con i mean it, in a certain way it is but it's not like a big news drop event okay. like san diego or new york comic con is it's uh it's completely fan run so wow it, it's more just a celebration of whatever it is that you love and there are star trek fans there and they have like a weekend full of star trek stuff there's battlestar galactica fans that they have a weekend full of battlestar stuff so like we are mostly involved in the star wars track obviously but it's like every hour of every day there is something star wars that you can do uh it's so it's just so special like the eighty thousand people come and a lot of them mess up it's one of the biggest cosplay conventions i think yeah a lot of a lot of cosplayers go and there's every year there's so many 
interesting and just like it blows my mind the kind of cosplays that we see the detail that goes into it and they do a costume contest every year and the winner is just outstanding and you're just like my gosh and uh there's there's so many like crossover cosplays too that people get really creative with it (laughs) so i did i I saw some pictures on on social media this weekend from it that were really impressive that was amazing so yeah yeah it's it i imagine it when you said celebration i imagine it like star wars celebration but for just about every fantasy sci-fi um track that you can imagine yeah wow like you said star trek uh Battlestar, the expanse uh, there's even some babylon 5 stuff in there wow. and like stargate firefly there's a whole whedon verse track so firefly buffy like just so many fans that's awesome so what was some of the best you know star wars uh you know content or, or anything that, that happened star wars related that you guys were a part of or saw I really liked the stuff that Henry Gilroy was on. He oh, yeah. was a writer and producer for Rebels and the Clone Wars, uh-huh. and he just was dropping all sorts of bombs on his oh, wow. panels, like things that I would have never thought. And I, I got to interview him as well, thank goodness, because I wanted more details on all this stuff. But, I mean, uh, we tweeted about him saying that the clones that took their chips out in Star Wars Rebels, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, they probably didn't do that until after Order 66. So wow. that means they probably took part in Order 66, and everyone in the room was like, wait, what? And, like, he was just dropping this stuff casually, like it wasn't going to break all our hearts. But... <laughs> that is an intense revelation. Yeah. Wow. I think, I think talking to him, and you also got to talk to Timothy Zahn for oh. a, a second year in a row, and he always has great stuff to say. And he was on a couple panels. And uh, we got to be on a panel together for the first time this year. Oh, and it was yeah. all just episode nine speculation. So that was really fun. So what's yeah, like the Molly's first panel? Yeah. Oh, nice. Congratulations, Molly. That's so cool. So uh, on that panel, that episode nine speculation panel, was uh, what was the most credible uh, theory or speculation that came from that and probably the most absurd and, and bizarre version of, <laughs> of, of speculation. I would say the most, I don't want to say this is absurd, but like <laughs> he brought up the Raylo fans and whether or not like there was going to be a relationship there. And we were like, probably not. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. Like it all goes by so fast. Sure it does. And especially really when you're up there on the panel and you're, you're thinking about what you're going to answer and stuff yeah. like that. So I need to go back and listen to the audio. There, there was go. a lot of talk about whether or not uh, Kylo Ren Ben Solo was going to be redeemed or not. And, okay. but as far as like something that I think is most likely going to happen is all the stuff that we talked about involving Lando uh, wow. bringing him on for episode nine. And we talked a lot about how he would help possibly help the resistance and how he might do that. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of envision him having gotten Leia's distress signal, but not able to respond or something, or gotten it later, and and she and he's on his way to help or something like that. I could just see him being a, a part of that. Plus, his relationship with Ben from the novel and uh, from Last Shot and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and we know from like an obscure, is it a Lego short where <laughs> yeah. that that Lando and Maz know each other? Oh, that's right. I remember and hearing Maz that. Is for sure going to have a, another part in episode nine. So it could be that maybe Maz 
contacts Lando or has yep. something to do with that. That would be cool. Awesome. All right. So we've got to go back to Java the Hutt. Um, and, and you were, you mentioned that your question that you got knocked out on, um, in, in the uh, trivia contest had to do with Jabba the Hutt, but I want to talk about these pictures that were floating around on social media over the weekend of you, uh, Alex, um, and, and in a certain costume. Uh, so you've got to, uh, you got to tell our listeners, um, a little bit about what, what in the world, um, our eyes beheld. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Last year, uh, so we go with a big group of friends every year. We like to do group costumes and stuff. And so last year, one night, one of our friends was like, you know what we should do is like we should all do a fitness challenge. And for the next year, we'll work out, we'll eat right, and we'll get fit. And then we'll all be Princess Leia together. And Molly can be Jabba. Specifically gold bikini. Right, right. That yeah, exactly. Leia. Yeah. And we were all like, yeah, let's do it. And we all did what we call a slap bet and if if you didn't do it you were gonna get slapped so nobody changed their diet or any of their habits except one one person lost 40 pounds so good for him but the rest of us did not and so we we didn't want to get slapped so we all put it on (laughs) once we got out there it was a blast everyone oh you were the hit i'm sure so yeah we're like okay now no matter what we're doing it again next year yeah and I was like, well, I want to be part of this too, and I'm not going to gain 300 pounds in order to play a job of that. So I just wore like a green tracksuit, and I had a hat made that said Java, and I had a Max Rebo band t shirt on, <laughs> and I just kind of paraded them around. There you go. And posed for pictures with them holding their chains. So what was it like to have a half a dozen of uh, uh, men walking around dressed like uh, gold bikini Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi for an, for an evening? What was that like for you, Molly? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> hey, they had to do everything I said. That's awesome. <laughs> I should point out that the trivia winner was also one of the bikini Leia's. So yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Sam, I was talking to Sam and Nathan this weekend. They're right now, they're actually in Alabama um, uh, dealing with a, a family illness. And my, uh, they're down there with my wife and they're taking care of that. So um, I was talking about them uh, that this weekend. They, Sam mentioned that he saw that picture on, uh, I don't remember, Twitter or whatever. And he's like, what is the story behind that? I'm like, I'm going to have to ask him. Uh, when we have our, our conversation next week. So, uh, well, that's awesome. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, um, talk about how you can become a Patreon supporter of Tatooine Sons and, and help underwrite the costs of everything that we're doing with this podcast and on social media and everything. Um, and if you're a, t- a Patreon supporter, you're actually going to have opportunities to listen to this type of podcast early um, before it's released uh, to the general public on, on Tuesday. So if uh, you, you enjoy this podcast, uh, sign up to be a Patreon supporter at any level and you'll get early access to these recordings um, uh, when the new ones come out. I know that we're planning on doing one uh, within the next uh, couple of weeks with Steel Saunders from Steel Wars and another with uh, Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net. Uh, so uh, some great content, great conversation about Star Wars. So we'll go uh, tell you how you can become a Patreon supporter and then we'll be right back with our 10 questions. Hello, podcast listeners. This is BB Nate. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons of Star Wars Podcast. It's so awesome to think that people enjoy what we do so much that they financially support us so we can do it. 
If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash tattooingsums and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. That's uh, not <laughs> exactly how that works. Uh, Alex is our couple name. Yes. Is, there you go. So we've got uh, uh, Malix uh, on uh, uh, Tatooine Sons uh, podcast today uh, from Star Wars Explained. And uh, we are going to jump in. This is the first time we've done uh, one of these episodes with two guests at the same time. So this is going to be fun to hear you guys, especially because of, you know, your your relationship and, and how you guys are like together on this Star Wars Explained journey. Um, it's going to be fun to hear your your answers and see if they agree or contradict on this. So you guys ready? Yeah. Yep. All right. Awesome. All right. For easy one, uh, jump right in here. Go first, whoever you whoever wants to answer first, favorite Star Wars movie. Ooh. Mine's probably a, a not a popular one, but I'm gonna say The Force Awakens. Okay. Because I mean, like I said before, I was always a fan of Star Wars. Uh you know, I had seen all the movies before. However, I think it was a mixture of meeting Alex and starting the channel everything like that and then seeing the force awakens just kind of like relit that fire uh for my love of star wars and just how different it was and how new and exciting everything became after that uh just i think that puts that one up there at number one for me that's awesome now 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 you um had mentioned earlier that you you'd seen the other movies had you seen like the prequels in the theaters just like force awakens yeah, yeah, I okay. went with my friends and I was like, okay, I get it. And I I was at that age where I realized some people that were a little bit older than me were upset by the prequels mm. and I didn't exactly know why. I was just like, I mean, yeah, Jar Jar's kind of silly, but I'm a kid and I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I wasn't one of those people who was terribly offended by the prequels. I was just like, they're Star Wars movies. They're they're cool. That's cool. What about you, Alex? What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, probably A New Hope. I the one I want to watch most desperately right now is Solo. Oh, but me like, too. it's just because you know I want what I can't have. Yeah. But I think I, A New Hope is the one that sparked the love for me. I think I watched it. I don't know. I watched it like every day for an entire summer. Didn't even know that there was an Empire Strikes Back <laughs> Jedi. My parents just like, I don't know, they were probably too scared. How old were you? To, uh, seven or eight. Wow. I want to I want to say eight. That's but awesome. yeah, I, I think they were scared to show me the other movies or maybe they were like, why don't we just let him ride this one out as long <laughs> as he can? <laughs> so what was it like when you found out that there were more movies? I don't remember. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, I would have been I was, like, I would have been thrilled and frustrated at the same time if I, I'd been watching for months and didn't know that there was other ones out there. What now is, is that your first Star Wars memory, Alex? Is watching A New Hope, or were there, was there some other Star Wars connection before that? Uh, I mean, like hours before. I, so in '96, the Olympics were here in uh-huh. Atlanta, and I think in 1995 they had finished uh, Centennial Olympic Park. Uh-huh. And my parents were like, let's go check it out. And so we went down there. And honestly, like, as I've grown up, I'm now wondering if it was during Dragon Con. Oh, wow. Because I, I don't know why. Centennial Olympic Park is close to Dragon Con. Okay. Was it during and, the Olympics? Hmm? Was it during the Olympics? No, it, 
uh, this was like a year before the Olympics were actually there, but oh, after okay. the park was constructed. But I remember just people in costume wandering, wandering around. And it could have been like a Las Vegas type thing where like just mascots are out and you take pictures with them. But this really good Darth Vader walked by like movie accurate. And I was just like enthralled by him. And I asked my dad who he was and he was like, oh, that's Darth Vader. And (laughs) so like he waved him over and Darth Vader came over and like picked me up and gave me a little shake. And my dad was like, in the movie, he can pick a guy up with one hand and choke him to death. And I don't know why my dad told me that, but (laughs) I vividly remember it. And I was like, well, I have to see that. So we drove home and they popped in a VHS that they had taped Star Wars off of TBS. <laughs> and so like we watched it and I fast forwarded through all the commercials and that was the tape that I had for a while and I just kept on watching it. And then eventually they bought me the actual VHS tapes, I think after I broke that one. <laughs> but that that was it. Like <laughs> once I saw it, I was in love and I remember being obsessed with the trench run. That's mm. still maybe my favorite scene of all of star Wars. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, I was born in 75. So, um, I was too young to have been in the theaters during the initial run, but I remember being maybe four or five years old and, uh, we got HBO. And I think that that was like the, one of the first massive hits that they actually got the rights to show on HBO when I was four or five years old. So they played it like five times a day. Um, and I remember like if it was on, I was watching it. Uh, and it was, you know, obviously that, that was the thing. And then for me with empire strikes back, um, I wasn't able to go to the theater and see that with all my friends and, and it just, just didn't work out. And so they were all talking about this amazing, you know, movie and I didn't, have any idea, but they were so cool about it. They didn't want me to tell, to know the story. And then when the movie came out and it was available to watch on home video, it was like we were watching it right away and they were sitting there watching me watch the big reveal in Empire Strikes Back to see what my reaction was going to be. It was so much fun. So that's awesome. What about you, Molly? What's your first Star Wars memory? Um, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember, I think it was in, either like fifth or sixth grade um i was friends with a couple of boys and i was like kind of a tomboy and kind of nerdy so i kind of got along with the guys (laughs) and at that time and i do remember one of my friends at the time being bullied and like Mm. being made fun of because he liked star wars and he had like a star wars lunchbox or something like that and i kind of like stood up for him and and the 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 bully in question i don't exactly remember his name but he was kind of taken aback that the fact that a girl would stick up for a guy for being made fun of because of star wars and i was just like why are you making fun of him he if he likes star wars let him like star wars it's cool (laughs) (laughs) and like i don't know that ever since then i was like i don't understand why people get bullied for this just like let them like what they like that's funny that's cool. Yeah. So now that's uh, how we met. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it was love at first sight. Alex says <laughs> that's funny. So then, um, 
day have to keep the bullies away from poor Alex. <laughs> That's right. Well, and especially after this past weekend at Dragon Con, you were uh, you're going to have to keep the bullies away from him a little bit more after they uh, those pictures got out. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So we heard your favorite movie, your favorite Star Wars movie. Um, what is your favorite non Star Wars movie? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, see, now that's almost like cheating. I know, right? I, but I, I feel bad, but it's the truth. Like, I love Indiana Jones as much as I love Star Wars. But yeah, it's still Lucasfilm. Lucas is still involved. It's still got Han Solo in it. <laughs> we're, we're sitting in Alex's office right now, and to the right of him is a giant uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark poster that I got him one year, either for his birthday for, or for Christmas. And it's got the whole cast signed, and wow. it's great. And yeah, that that's another one of those things that he, uh, I, I knew from the start that he was obsessed with. That's that's awesome. I've got the the what's it? Idol. I've got a replica okay. of the idol that he steals, and that's got a Star Wars connection now too. So all right, I've got in the yeah. Ark too. Uh, oh, I have yeah. a replica of the Ark, and that's cool. been in Star Wars. So that's true. That's awesome. They're basically in the same universe. So why why is uh why why is Raiders your your favorite non Star Wars? No, I honestly probably saw it about the same time. Oh, that's cool. I also have this book uh, called From Star Wars to Indiana Jones, and that probably helped shape things. But it it was full of like props and just making of stories for both movies. So I probably started my obsession at around the same time. I was still definitely more obsessed with Star Wars. Like I didn't collect Indiana Jones action figures. I didn't really read it. I read a few Indiana Jones books, but. Uh, not like I read Star Wars, but right. so I think it was just that I was introduced to both at the same time. And I, I think that it's the perfect action movie. Same with the last crusade. I, I adore both of those, mm. but yeah, that that's, that's it. So your nerdum was born kind of all at once in that, in, 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 in the Lucasfilm world, huh? Yeah. So. Now, now I still wonder like why my parents let me watch a guy's face melt off, but <laughs> it was, was a really cool scene. that's why that's awesome what about you molly what's your favorite non-star wars movie um hard to say but i was really really into all the john hughes movies Mm. growing up i have an older sister uh she's 10 years older than i am so i when i was growing up i was introduced to a lot of cool 80s stuff uh from her so i would have to say 16 candles is my favorite non-star wars movie it was just one of those movies that was like a coming of age movie that was really funny and had you know all the perfect aspects of a john hughes movie even though i didn't know what that was at the time when i would watch it but i just i've probably seen that movie 30 or 40 times at least (laughs) wow that's a that's a fun movie now do you guys have you ever watched the tv series psych are you familiar with that series I've seen a handful of episodes. I know what it's about. But okay, so there's a there's a whole scene like they each episode ends up having a theme, uh, sort of a running gag throughout of it. And there was one scene that was um, where the main characters have to go back to their like. Tw- 10th year high school reunion or something like that. And the whole thing was a John Hughes movie. Um, the way that they did it, it was so much fun, but what was most fun was watching it with Sam and Nathan. And, and they were like, there's nothing funny in this episode. Cause they didn't understand the connections cause they'd never seen <laughs> any of those movies. So, all right. Now I think I know the answer uh, that Alex is going to give. Um, but I, I'm curious to see if I'm right. Favorite star Wars character. 
Do you want to guess or do you want me to uh, say I know. I, I, well, I, I, I want to say it's Biggs. Am I right? Yeah, yeah right. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that reminds me. I haven't talked about this at all, but I got a Biggs question in Star Wars trivia. Oh. And oh, nice. I, Molly happened to have the camera on at that time. I'm like, my face lights up. I, we need to put that clip out there. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we need to see that. Why, why do, you, do you love Biggs so much? Uh, he's kind of a representation of everything that I love about star wars uh when we first saw the movie and i think this especially came around with the special editions because they added a big scene to the movie uh but i remember even before that we we had a book and it showed like pictures from that deleted scene where uh he's on tatooine with luke talking about joining the rebellion and stuff and i was like oh hold on a second that's Biggs, that's the guy from the trench run with the mm. mustache that dies. And then, like, I looked into it, I was like, "Oh, he's Luke's best friend." And like, I started to learn more about this character. And I was like, "This was kind of my introduction to what a deleted scene was." Like, I didn't understand okay. why you would shoot something for a movie and not put it in. <laughs> I mean, now that I've seen the scene, I understand why. <laughs> right. But I, it became a thing where I was like, "Well, I have to see this." And dvds weren't a thing so i couldn't easily watch it youtube wasn't a thing and it was on a cd-rom that my friend had who was also obsessed with star wars so we worked and worked and unlocked this scene on this game and watched it and we were like well that was a letdown and (laughs) but i still just learned so much about biggs darklighter and he was probably the first background character really that i knew anything about so uh that kind of just it's a little bit of a joke that like kind of a hipster just oh my favorite character is big dark lighter but he (laughs) does mean something to me and also it's nice because when your favorite character is biggs you can collect everything there is to collect (laughs) about him in an afternoon on amazon (laughs) there you go (laughs) easy that's awesome now molly which is your favorite star wars character um I've said this before. I have kind of a person favorite and a droid favorite because for me, R2-D2 is definitely one of my favorite characters in Star Wars because I remember early on thinking, wow, they really couldn't have gotten anything done without this little droid. (laughs) That's true. He is very much key to several of (laughs) these storylines. But um, him and... Princess Leia, for sure, because oh, yeah. she, her character is not a damsel in distress. She is a great role model for mm. girls growing up and women, and just she's just an awesome lady, and she doesn't take any crap from anyone. And you know, I love that line where she's like, "Well, somebody's got to save our skins," right. and she kind of takes over. And yeah, I love her. That's totally the way my wife functions in our family. You know, <laughs> she's she's constantly jumping in there to fix all of our messes uh, uh, with it. So uh, I can to- totally relate. Now I'll ask you, Molly, since she's one of your favorites. Um, how do you feel about the way that J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to handle the character of Princess Leia um, in Episode Nine um, in the um, you know reality that that Carrie Fisher has passed away. Yeah, um, I I trust that everyone involved will handle it well. Um, I don't think, obviously, I don't think she's going to be in it very much. And 
a couple of people asked this on our panel if they thought, you know, if if they thought sh- the character would die or not. And mm. I don't think she will die. I think they'll they're going to write something for her to where she lives on mm. in some capacity. Um, but I, I have faith in JJ uh, and finding a way to explain what happens to uh, Leia. That's awesome. Alex, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, not really. I mean, nothing different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're definitely going to, yeah, treat everything with the respect that it deserves. None of that worries me. I'm just glad that they told us what the plan was. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. That they communicated that or else I would have been worried the whole time. Yeah. They let everyone know that, Hey, she's going to be in the movie. We're using footage from the previous movies and we're definitely not going to digitally mess with anything. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that, they let everyone know ahead of time. Yeah. It's interesting because now that I'm thinking back, I remember sitting in the theater during Rogue One, um, the very first time I saw it with Sam and Nathan. And when Tarkin shows up, we had I we were completely unspoiled from the for this movie. We had no idea, no speculation, nothing. And so when he showed up and we could tell it was Tarkin, you know, looking at him from the back, that was amazing in itself. But then when they he turned around and he's standing there and it's Tarkin, it actually it pulled um, especially Sam and I out of the movie for a minute. And we we were looking at each other and, and just kind of freaking out uh, for for the entire rest of that scene and actually didn't understand what was happening in that scene because we had pulled ourselves out of the, the way that our minds weren't focused on the movie. So can you imagine if it would have been that way for all the fans with princess lay, it would have been that times a million um, if she yeah. had a major role in that. So that is awesome that they, um, that they mentioned that now I always have to do a qualifier on the next question because it's just for some people, it would be the easy route to go with Jar Jar, um, as the, their least favorite character. And so in order to avoid that easy answer, um, we've eliminated him from contention. So other than Jar Jar, uh, who is your least favorite star Wars character? I kind of have a cop out answer. So I'll give two. my, my least favorite character is Tan Devo and he's in like, two episodes of the clone wars <laughs> okay and so i mean he just that's uh, okay dominic picked me. um uh, what's the name of the the guy that the in rebels the the alien that's with hondo all the time oh think. yeah as morgan yes he picked him yeah, and i was kind of like that's, that's kind of a yeah, cop out too. too dude so. right so i'll choose a movie character and i'll just say the the one that has frustrated me the most probably is phasma hmm. which is hard for me to say because i loved her book and i loved her comic but every time in the movie, I feel like she has just been a letdown. Mm. And I feel like they she she deserves better. So I don't hate her as a character. I just hate her presentation in the mm. movie. And I wish that she got to do a little bit more. Yeah, I absolutely loved the Phasma book. And mm-hmm. I don't I wasn't as disappointed by her portrayal in the films but i agree that i i was really hoping for something big and the last jedi for her after reading her novel now do you think that they're going to um be able to sort of develop the character and 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 
and and kind of create more of an uh, of a of a fan base for her through the resistance uh series that's coming out do you think that that's going to be are you you know feel like it's going to be a, a accurate representation of, of phasma or because it's more of a kids show they may not be able to actually be like phasma because i mean phasma uh she's she's a rough character especially in the in the novel um with that so yeah, they're not going to be able to do what the novel or her comic did. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some off-screen implied stuff. I'm hoping that they give her more to do, just do her justice. Uh, like, I, I guess I hope that she is an actual threat when she shows up rather than... I, I complained about the Death Troopers in Star Wars Rebels a little bit. Like, mm. They were there, but they might as well have been stormtroopers. And I just felt like they, the threats that they're supposed to represent went away. I thought they were handled very well in Rogue One because they were actually shooting rebel troopers. But then in Star Wars Rebels, they were just, they might as well have been normal troopers. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I can see it going either way. Mm -hmm. I I hope that she uh, gets what she deserves and gets some good moments. Awesome. What about you, Molly? Who's your least favorite character other than Jar Jar? <laughs> um, I mean, technically, this character is in a movie, so I will say <laughs> Zero the Hut. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a pull. I don't like that character either, <laughs> so I, I understand. Mean, everything about that movie is just kind of like, because uh, I, I know every time we've had to study for the Schmodown, we watch all the movies and every time we have to watch that one, it's like, oh, yeah, here man. we go. Oh, geez. <laughs> we got to watch it again. Yeah. So I remember watching so that. Goofy. That was Nathan's first movie, uh, first uh, Star Wars movie in the theater. Well, and Sam's too, I guess. Uh, but Sam was a little bit older, so he'd seen the other movies, I think, or at least a, a few of them. Um, and and uh, I remember walking out of that movie theater thinking, that was such a disappointment. But then I rewatched it recently. Actually, it was after we were on, uh, all three of us were on Star Wars Underworld um, on their 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars uh, episode. And they convinced us to give it another shot. And I watched it from the perspective of it's not a movie. It's a pilot to a TV series. And it actually did change the mindset um, that I had regarding my expectations were different with it. So, okay. It is starting to, now that we've seen it four or five times, I'm starting to be okay with it and just be like, yeah, we let's watch it. It is what it is, right? Enjoy it for what it is. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, you know, all the other characters and the, storyline but just that zero the hut character just grinds on my nerves <laughs> i think it was supposed to but maybe a little more than they than they wanted is, is the way that it works so yeah. all right so then now we're talking uh clone wars and and that type of stuff so which series I'll, I'll start with you alex which series is better from your perspective clone wars or rebels i'm the unpopular one i i like rebels more i always get yelled at but not I like, on this show you won't. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I like the chronological, like, <laughs> follow one group of characters and really let them develop mode of storytelling. I like the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. I I mean, I love a lot of the characters in it, but I liked seeing just one through line from start to finish instead of, like, these scattered storylines that were sometimes connected, sometimes mm. not. 
And then when the original Clone Wars was released, it was so out of order too that it it, it was jarring sometimes, not knowing which uh, episodes you were you were dealing with or what timeline you were in and that kind of stuff. So that yeah. made it a challenge. Although I should say that some of my favorite stuff in Rebels is because of the Clone Wars. Absolutely. I, I, like, I adore the Twilight of the Apprentice, mm. and that might be some of my favorite Star Wars, period. And it wouldn't matter to me at all if it weren't for the Clone Wars. Right. And the Mortis arc at the end of, of yeah. Rebels, how that fit in. That, so. That's another one of my favorite things in Star Wars now, is the world between worlds. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. What about you, Molly? Which one would you pick? I agree. Rebels. Ah. Uh, just because I didn't watch the Clone Wars when it first came out. I kind of watched a couple episodes here and there, and I, at this point, I've seen most of it, but we are gearing up to do a complete rewatch, probably in chronological order. So, I don't know, my uh, my answer might change after that, we'll okay. see, but I really, really enjoyed Rebels, and that was after we had started the channel, and being able to talk about the episodes after each one came out. Uh, yeah, I, I just got a lot out of that show and I think it was, it was really, really good and enjoyable for kids and adults. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, that was where Sam and Nathan really jumped into star Wars was us watching rebels, um, together. Um, so that's awesome. So now that, that leads us to, I guess that this isn't part of the list of questions, but we're talking about star Wars animation. So I, I got to get your feedback on, uh, your hopes, uh, and thoughts on resistance. Um, I, I don't know. I just hope it's fun. It looks fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I, I don't really have any expectations. Um, which is usually the safest way to go, right? Right. I, just as long as I can sit down and enjoy watching it. It's like I, I'm going to watch it either way for the channel. So as long as I don't go into it like, oh, we got to watch another episode. <laughs> which, And I'll say that uh, I think that Rebels prepared me very well for hmm. Resistance. Hmm. Because when they first started showing stuff for that, I mean, we didn't start watching the show until about halfway, maybe even closer to the end of the first season. And Hmm. I kept putting it off and I was like, we're Star Wars explained. We need to watch this show. We need to start reporting on it. I just didn't like the style. I thought it looked too childish from what I had seen. So we started watching it. And I mean, I I was wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm so glad that I watched it. So now when I see Star Wars Resistance and I'm like, oh, it's kind of slapsticky. It's very bright and colorful, but I bet it's going to be good. Like, I bet I'm going to like the characters. Even if I am not crazy about the first few episodes, Mm. I'm going to stick it out. And I am willing to bet that I will wind up enjoying a lot of it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks really exciting. I think it's like exactly what kids need right now they need a kids show for them and you know i'm not expecting uh anything super adult to happen out of it although you know the end of rebels and parts of the clone wars they all have some very adult themes but i don't know it it looks fun and the the ships look really cool and i think the characters are going to be funny all the a lot of the voice actors we're big fans of, Donald mm-hmm. Faison. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Henry Gilroy mentioned this at Dragon Con. He was like, I mean, look at Star Wars Rebels in the episode where uh, Zeb and Ezra are out grocery shopping and they 
steal a right. TIE fighter. It's wacky. But then look at season four, or season three, oh. where like all this dark stuff is happening. Well, it was the same way with Clone Wars too. When they started Clone Wars, people were critical of it and and felt like it was childish and that you know they didn't like the snips and Sky Guy stuff. But as the characters developed and the storylines developed, it you know it, and it got it got more mature with the audience as well, um, just exactly. like Rebels That's did. What, so they all start out for kids, but then like. By the end of season four, the eight-year-old that started watching it is now twelve, and they're growing up with the characters. So exactly, I, which is I, exactly, exactly what happened with Nathan. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the magic of Dave Filoni. He yeah. knows how to make an animated show. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what he does with that and, and more things. Although, you know, I, I saw that picture that came out from the uh, uh, Star Wars show that, that he was on a couple of weeks ago, where he's starting to morph into George Lucas a little bit. <laughs> um, with that so we'll see uh we'll see where he goes with that uh so i guess that's not a bad thing if you're a star wars fan so yeah. um all right so if you could change one thing about star wars we'll start with you molly if you could change one thing about anything to do with star wars what would you change hmm. i mean i it's kind of happening as we speak but i would definitely have some more powerful female roles but mm-hmm. like i said that's happening with ray right now so <laughs> yeah well and Jin and uh yeah it's it's been yeah awesome. uh, yeah and all of the the force uh, the forces of destiny right. tunes that was that was really great for and I, like i can imagine like having a daughter and being able to show her those cartoons and you know i've met kids at conventions and stuff that are huge fans of the female characters now because of shows like that. Well, and and then Rose's character in, in the last Jedi, I mean, I know that that people may have a concern about the, the, uh, the portrayal or the character being necessary, but um, that's a, a critical role in in there. And I think the way that the fans um, have, uh, I think one of the things that's encouraging to me is to see how some, how many fans have rallied around Kelly Marie Tran as a result of what, you know, the, the things that have been said about her and the online bullying and things like that. And so I think that that's always a, which is something I would change about star Wars is just, everybody would chill out a little bit, just a little bit yeah. more. So, Oh yeah. <laughs> everyone could chill out. That would be great. That would, yeah. That, that, and like all the diversity that's being introduced in star Wars is amazing too. And so, yeah, I think all, all that's kind of in motion as we speak. Absolutely. So. All right, Alex, what would you change about Star Wars? All right, well, since we already said if everyone could chill out, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll shift to something new. I think the only aspect of the new canon that right now I'm struggling with would be the books. And I, I've enjoyed just about every single book that I've read. But what I miss is back in the days of Legends, Mm-hmm. And obviously things are different now because in Legends, the books were the backbone of the story. Like that's how you found out what happened to these new characters. Mm. Now the movies are doing that. Mm-hmm. So everything is changing and that's fine and good. But I miss having like a book series where mm. it's just book only characters and we get to follow them for 10 books, for example. Like mm-hmm. I, my go to is the X-Wing novels. Mm-hmm. I loved those books growing up. So I would like to see something that that followed a set of book exclusive characters so that we could get to know them instead of, uh, I don't know, like Phasma, even though I love the book, it was very much 
kind of in support of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like last shot was in support of solo. And a lot of these books are kind of just tie-ins or focus on one known character. And I, I would like to see the books branch out a little more. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I think we got a taste of that. Um, they weren't as well received as some of the other uh, new canon novels, but with Aftermath, those three books, those yeah, you know, that had their own characters that sort of went along this journey uh, between uh, Endor and, and Jakku. I thought it was, and I, actually, by the time we got to the third one, I really enjoyed the series. So, so did I. Yeah. I was surprised when the first one came out and people were kind of going against it. Like I did my review, and I was like, "Yeah, it was good." I mean, I didn't like fall over right. loving it, but I was. I had chills at the end and I was like, well, what happens next? And I, yeah, I think people were maybe expecting to see what happened Mm. to the main cast. Mm. And instead we got all these new characters. And I I think people were just confused at that shift where it's like, no, no, the movies are going to tell us what happens to the main characters now. And then they were, introducing all these new people and it was just not what people were expecting i think so much about (laughs) people's reactions just come down to expectations Mm -hmm. and them not being met so it's like yeah everyone just chill out try not to (laughs) just just have an open mind calm down and go see it a second time then go online and start saying everything that you hate about the movie no i'm getting (laughs) um so all right i think a lot of people well, this generation of kids kind of has a way shorter attention span. So I feel like instead of giving people a series of books, I think with this new Disney streaming service coming out soon, I think we're going to get just get a lot more uh, television content sure. through there. So Maybe they can fine. develop those longer storylines and things like that, like they did in the animated series. They can do that with live action uh, TV as well. So awesome. Yeah. All right, so now this is just a fun question uh, that I love to get answered. So you're stranded on an island. Um, you can only bring three things. What are you bringing with you? I'll let you go first, Alex. Like three Star Wars stories? Mm, or- anything. You can bring three things of any kind with you oh, to that gosh. island. What are you going to bring? Oh, um, I'll just I'll stay on brand and it'll be a... <laughs> Well, let's see. I guess I'd need a generator. Yeah. <laughs> and then a TV Blu-ray combo thing. There you go. And then also the, the Blu-ray box set of the first six movies. There you that's go. That's all that's out right now. That's it. So you can just sit down and watch Star Wars over and over and over again. So it'd be just like any normal day, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So what about you, Molly? I'll be explaining things to coconuts. <laughs> and, and volleyballs, right? Wilson, yeah. right? So what about you, Molly? Oh, um, I would bring, sorry, Alex, I would bring Bear Grylls with me, maybe. (laughs) All right, and after this, we're going to have a little uh, marriage counseling session. No, I'm kidding. I feel like he would would be handy in that situation. That's true. I would bring the magic genie lamp from Aladdin. You're, this is. Hey. I said anything. Come on. Cheater. And if those two don't work out. Uh, as far as getting me off this island, R2-D2, because he fixes everything. You can just hop on his back and he'll fly off. The MVP of Star Wars, right? Exactly. He finds a way to fix every situation and save everyone, so he would be my... (laughs) He would bring you hope. 
to right? you, Alex. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's sweet. So, all right. So, the th- what, there's a theme that like is runs through everything with Star Wars, um, and I absolutely love it. It's this idea of hope. So, for you guys, I'll have you go first, Molly. How does Star Wars inspire hope? Oh man, uh, it's just the way it constantly is changing and evolving, um, and the way that it is constantly inspiring new generations of people and also inspiring, you know, women and Mm. people of color and things like that. Um, I think that's a good way that it's, it's bringing hope to the community as far as the, the newer content. Mm. That's awesome. What about you, Alex? I mean, I think it is just in the way that it's still teaching me lessons. I, I feel like the last Jedi, taught me things that now Mm. i use on a daily basis Mm. and that that's something that most movies don't do and i i would also just say the fans i mean being at dragon con this past weekend we went to an animation panel and they were talking about all of the animated series even like droids and ewoks and stuff but they played the trailer for the clone Wars saved and everyone went nuts. The room like erupted in cheers. And then they played the trailer for Star Wars Resistance, and the room went nuts. And everybody cheered. Oh, like nice. everyone was just there to be happy and celebrate with each other. And so when you actually get to see it in person, it, it's just a different experience than being online. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you just thought of uh, your only experience with Star Wars fandom, especially would be through social media. Uh, it's pretty, it, it can be discouraging at times, but like celebration and comic con and like you guys experienced at dragon con, there's so much community around it and, and striking up friendships. I, I, Andy Gutierrez from uh, star Wars show tweeted out earlier today talking about, she just randomly, um, somebody on the street or whatever saw her and they started talking star Wars and they spent like 15 minutes uh, talking about what they liked and what they didn't like about star Wars. And it was a really fun conversation. And they, she said, I walked away feeling like I had, I had known this person my whole life. And that's sort of what happens when you're in, you know, those other types of environments with real people that love star Wars. It's awesome. So yeah, very cool. It, it, It unites people in a very, uh, unique way. Yeah, absolutely. So now I, um, I am the the dad in me um, loves you know sort of the the morality tales and things like that that Star Wars helps tell and and I think as you guys go back and rewatch the Clone Wars, you're going to see that there's all those little morality tales that flow through that series as well that you're going to uh, appreciate more even on on another viewing because I know on I think it's my third viewing I'm watching right now and and it's the same thing I'm I'm loving it but I've one of the most common things themes is this idea of choice. Um, obviously, you know, if we go back all the way just to a new hope, you have, um, uh, Luke even having to make a choice whether or not to go with Ben, um, to, you know, on this adventure and this spaceship and leave Tatooine for the first time and, and all that. And then he have his choice at the end with Darth Vader. Does he, does he kill him or does he throw down the lightsaber and, and everything? And then Anakin's choice, obviously in the, uh, the prequel trilogy, uh, Jin's choice to, to, you know, to, to join with the rebels in, in rogue one. And, and then even in the last Jedi, we have this, this moment in the throne room where 
Kylo Ren's extending his hand and wants Ray to join him and all that. So uh, choices are really a big deal uh, for me in Star Wars and and, the, and 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 that type of thing. So I'm I always love to ask this question: Is there? Uh, tell me of a time. Uh, in your life where you were faced with a really distinct choice uh, between going one direction or another in your life. What did you choose and why? Uh, we'll have you go first, Molly. Uh, well, I think we both probably have the same answer for oh, this awesome. one. Yeah, we, so. we did kind of talk about this one. Okay, go for it. And I think that would be uh, quitting our you know, nine to five jobs and going full time with doing the Star Wars Explained YouTube channel. Mm. How long that ago was, a, was that? It was a bold move. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, was. I think it was a year and a half now. Wow. Yeah. What were some of the like the 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 things you were facing in that? You know, obviously the security of of uh, you know stable jobs or whatever versus the insecurity of hoping that you can get. Patreon supporters and YouTube ads and all that kind of stuff. But uh, sort of what were some of the things that you guys were dealing with and, and, and how hard of a decision was that for you guys when you went through it? Yeah, it was mostly the security for me. Molly was pretty much like ready to go. And she kept telling me. <laughs> I had to talk him into this for months before we actually pulled the trigger uh, and, and going full time with it. But And even then, like, when the decision was pretty much made, I still had to be talked into going to tell my boss. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Have we, like one more month. But oh, that's funny. I would, I would have kept doing that for forever. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's just that security and not knowing what's going to happen. And it, it's a, it's one of those things that every YouTuber has to kind of make that decision at some point. Like, do I want to really dedicate my life to this channel and just hope that it keeps growing and keeps doing well you know it's it's kind of scary especially with like how youtube is always changing and you know the way that it recommends different channels and things like that it's just you you got to just kind of try to keep up as best as you can yep sometimes i just target i I, I don't like being it youtube's mercy but so far it's been okay so that's yeah, well, I mean, yeah you guys are doing okay so it's it's given us enough free time to allow us to do things like uh the game changers events with mm. ea and you know working with other people taking trips uh going to conventions you know it's given us the freedom to do a lot more that we wouldn't have been able to do if we had actual jobs mm-hmm. i understand yeah so okay so now it's, it, you're in a time machine it's a year and a half ago um and and molly you're pushing i'm gonna ask alex specifically because he seems like he was the one that i mean obviously was the one that was most reluctant to make this choice so uh molly's pushing you alex to um quit your day job convince yourself a hundred percent to the star Wars explained YouTube channel. Um, you could go back and you can choose the other direction and stay at your job with all the security, but you lose all of the good things that have happened in the last year and a half and all the, maybe the scary and the bad things that with it, would you make a different decision? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I've t- this is so much fun because I've done this question with people, not just in this kind of an environment, but in just daily life for 20 years 
And I have never had anybody tell me they would change that decision. It is yeah. amazing because if you give up everything that goes with it, um, it's not worth it most of the time. I love, I love how that always happens that way. It's very cool. Yeah, it, it was once I did it, like the second I did it, I was like, all right, this was the right decision. <laughs> it's just ripping that Band-Aid off. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Well, tell us um, a little bit more about uh, your channel and kind of some of the new things because I know most of the listeners are familiar with your your uh, videos where you explain different pieces of, of facts and, and things like that regarding Star Wars. But some of the new things that you guys are doing, make sure that our listeners uh, know about those as well. Yeah, I mean, right now we have a podcast or video podcast that we're working on called Between Two Sons where it's just kind of us talking for an hour about news and just any related content, really. Um, we're still kind of working out the kinks a little bit, which is why it's exclusive to our Patreon temporarily. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, we plan to make it public as soon as we, you know, get everything sorted out. Kind of find your rhythm on it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're not podcasters, so we're, <laughs> we're still t- trying to find a good rhythm uh, for that. So you can find that on our Patreon, and it's available. Almost everything that's exclusive to our Patreon is available for for any tier, so awesome. one dollar and up. Awesome, awesome, very cool. Well, I um, just want to personally thank you guys, uh, not only for being on the uh, the episode today, which was a lot of fun, but also for just the friendship uh, that you guys have extended to us and, and um, inviting us out to um, hang out with you guys at scum and villainy a, a couple of months ago in, in Hollywood. And, yeah, and that was really fun. It was a blast. And just, um, just the encouragement that you guys have been on social media to us and things like that. Uh, it's awesome. It came at a time when we needed to, to be exposed to um, a, a positive side of the sort of the star Wars content creator uh, community. Cause of some of the things that were going on at that moment uh, with some other podcasts and videos, you know, YouTube channels and things like that. So we've really appreciated that and how it's uh, it's helped us become better um, uh, Star Wars fans and Star Wars podcasters, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. Can't wait uh, to sit down and, and chat for a little bit more, maybe at Celebration in April. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That would be awesome. Thanks, guys, so much for listening uh, to this episode of 10 Questions on Tatooine Sons. And uh, if you uh, want to learn more about the uh, show and the different things that we're doing, just check us out on TatooineSons.com. That's S-O-N-S, TatooineSons.com. And uh, listen to our weekly podcast that comes out uh, every weekend. It's moving to Sundays right now because of some scheduling issues, but it comes out every weekend, so you can get that ready to go for your week uh, and load it up. So thanks again so much, and uh, may the force be with you. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? 
Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from pens to brand spanking new calendars. And right now, 2019 desk pad calendars are just $4.99. So get your business ready for a big year at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Valid on SKU 279-6207 ends 112-19. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.